Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Head on over to sinusoid.com right now and check out their fine selection of color choices on their solderless kit. I'm using their solderless kit, I've got the orange cable that I've built, and I've got the white cable that I haven't built because I'm supposed to make a video, but I'm not good <laughs> at making videos. It's not even that I'm bad at making videos, it's just that like I gotta find time to do things. Right. But it's gonna happen someday, I promise. And I need to do it soon because I need to put more cables on my board because I need to put more pedals on you, my board. You need those cables, Steve. The thing that's actually really cool with theirs, and I, I don't know uh-huh. if other companies do it because I don't use cables from other companies when I can help it. I mean, um, why would you? Yeah. When Sinusoid is so good, why would you ever use anyone else's cables? Um, is You can buy the kits, and the kits come with the plugs for six cables plus a ton of wires. You can just buy the plugs and screws. You can tell them, like, well, I don't need two kits because that's 12, but I need, like, a kit plus three because I need nine or whatever. Like, And these are all options that you can build in that are like purchase choices on their website. Uh-huh. So it makes it really easy to buy the exact number of plugs and kits or plugs and cable or whatever that, that you need. It's super functional. We're talking plugs, not drugs. Plugs, not drugs. Not hair plugs either. Like, Yeah. Like We're talking about jacks. Ex- like jacks. Yeah, I'll, getting I'll jacked. Put, I'll put plugs. Yeah. So ripped. Yeah, getting jacked. Plug and plugs. Plug and play. Yeah. Sinusoid. Jacked plugs. Plug in. Sinusoid. <laughs> you need to stop. All right. This episode is also brought to you by, very tired. by Walrus Audio. We got the emissary here. I talked about it last week with the tone jerks, and now I'm actually holding it in my hand. Last week was a little bit early, wasn't it? Turned yeah. out that uh, turned out that uh, they weren't ready to release it just yet. Yeah, so actually, uh, I talked about it, and that video didn't happen because it's it's made, but it's not ready. it wasn't ready to release. So For whatever uh, reason, maybe they just wanted it to line up with um, the holiday weekend. I think they just wanted to mess with me. <laughs> I think they wanted they wanted to mess with me because I went to to uh, to uh, Tallman Music and I rushed out a demo while I was there and edited it in my hotel room and worked really hard to publish it and then I couldn't release it. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, this is a uh, basically a two parameter um clean boost clean well it's not just two parameter it's well, a parallel boost right it's a par- parallel boost there's two so. knobs and each knob runs parallel of each other you've got a bright boost and you've got a mid boost yeah and, on and the they mid- don't stack they don't stack into each other they're alongside right, each other right and the mids you can select between uh boosting at one kilohertz or 800 hertz yep and um anyway go check out the video that should it's- be getting published today at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Central time. Uh, look for that today. It's Ryan and um, Andy from uh, the from uh, the gu- guitar nerd, the guitar geek, the guitar geek. Jeez, I really nerd. am tired, dude. Gosh. I'm gonna have to carry both of these. I know, I? right? It's gonna be really. I'm I glad hope- we're gonna have a guest next episode. Fingers crossed uh, to help carry the show. But yeah, I'm. We're releasing the demo that I did with with Andy. <sighs> I can't talk with Andy. Uh, Does he actually go by Andy? He goes by Andrew or Andy. I've heard people calling him okay. all that weekend. When I was hanging out with him, I was calling him Andrew. So I don't know why I'm doing Andy now. I don't know but, why either. But anyways, we did a video together of that pedal. We're releasing it on Monday, the day this is out. Um, and then I'm going to do an official demo of it later next week sometime. All right. Last but not least, this episode is brought to you by Gun Street. Wiring bang, bang. Shop. Pew, pew. Um, 
They do wiring kits. I don't know what to say about it. They don't do base kits. I looked it up after talking to Kyle last week. They don't do any base kit stock, but I have a feeling that if you hit them up and you're like, hey, man, I got a jazz bass. Yeah, this yeah. is what I want. They're going to be like, bada bing, bada boom. Well, yeah. I mean, technically, the, the wiring harness that they sent to me isn't, it's, it's mostly not what they offer, but they put it together, you know, a little bit custom for me. You talk to them, they're going to figure something out for you. This yep. is what it works, what it comes down to. Uh, that video that I did of that wiring harness got a lot of views. I want to say it was like at 3000 wow. or something like that. I wasn't expecting it to get so high yeah. so quickly, but people were interested in that SG and interested in the wiring harness. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I'm still really happy with it in my SG. I've been playing around with it a bunch around the house. I'm having fun playing around with that, um, with the out of phase setting. I uh, I figured out how to use that correctly because <laughs> in the first video oh, right. I did, I was completely wrong about it. I was doing like a first impressions thing, and it was pretty rough. I had to make an apology what, video. What's, what's funny it, with that is, um, well, anyway, <laughs> it, it it's not it's not neither here nor there. Okay, let's carry on. My wayward son. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, <laughs> playing good. podcast. I did a, uh, I did a, a video at Toman yeah. with the Guitar Geek. Guitar, why can't I say that? With the Guitar Geek, the aforementioned Andrew, and yeah. uh, a company that makes audio plugins. What was their name? Like... like- DAW type stuff. I forget the name of the company. They were on the sponsor list, but anyways, uh, they make audio plugins. So we were going into like noisy areas, and they were just having me say the uh, podcast intro over and over and oh, over wow. again with like crackling like candy wrappers while I was saying it, like having fans blow on the microphone and having all sorts of stuff happening. So what I'm hearing is maybe you should take over doing the podcast. Hey, this is Ryan from 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, facing, modding, breaking, reviewing, and playing podcast. There you go. Didn't even even have to break a sweat, Steve. Much smoother than mine. It was faster. I wouldn't say smoother. I I missed a few uh, syllables in there, but it was faster. (laughs) So uh, anyways, what's new, Steve? Uh, I'm going to save my what's new for next week. Oh, uh, shoot. I think you got a pretty big what's new, maybe. Yeah, well, my what's new is going to take up the whole episode. That's I'm just right. going to talk about being in Germany Yeah, the whole time, both topics. So why even waste time doing a what's new segment on it, right? Don't waste time. Drink Bud Dry. Wait, what? That's not this. Don't ask why Drink Bud Dry is the slogan. It's not don't waste time. And that, that phrase, that, that marketing jingle haunts me. Because I was not of age in time to drink Bud Dry. And oh. by, the, by the time I wanted to drink Bud Dry, by the time I remembered it, that I, would, that I could try it out, it was already discontinued. You know what I learned today? What would you learn today? Zima is back. Zima's back in a big way. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like at some point we need to pick up. I, oh, uh, did, God, no. Did, were, you, were you old enough to have Zima? <sighs> I don't think so, but it's like. I always heard that it was like a worse Smirnoff ice. 
Yeah, yeah. So I've never had it. Obviously, like I thought, I thought maybe you would be old enough, but I guess not. I mean, Smirnoff Ice is okay. It's like a, it's like drinking Squirt with vodka in it or, or something like that. It's malt. It's flavored malt liquor, right? But it's, it tastes like a like a citrus soda. Yeah, there's no vodka in it though. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's Smirnoff branded. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess if we had some Zima, I'd drink it. <laughs> I'm not going to turn turn down some booze, some nice cold booze with a friend over. A nice podcast. That sounds nice, Steve. That's <laughs> our new slogan. You're listening to 60 Cycle Hum. Two friends drinking booze, a nice hanging co- out. ice cold drink over a hot podcast. So, uh, hot sounds- podcast sounds gross. <laughs> Who wants to listen to a yeah. hot, hot podcast? Should we get into an ad since we're going to skip what's new? Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's this, do it. This first ad was sent to us by Mark Murigan. Um, this is a Earthquaker Devices Bit Commander Guitar Effect Pedal box only. It's in parentheses. Cardboard box only. $25. $22 shipping. Oh my gosh, I missed that. (laughs) Uh, Why wouldn't you just put this in a padded envelope? How would you ship this? How would you ship this box, Steve? (laughs) How would you you ship a shipping box, Steve? Just slap a label on it and put it in the mail. (laughs) Here you go. Here's a problem. Don't ship this uh, shipping box to Philip McKnight. You got to put it, or from Philip McKnight, you got to put it in another container, or the recipient's going to be pissed. Apparently. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, I would. You know, you got to put this in something. But yeah, I mean, this is a twenty-five dollar box. You've got to put it in another box if you're going to ship it. Is this even a rare pedal for Earthquaker? Like. For, for $25 plus 22, 20, uh, 11 shipping, like, hey, if you can sell this for $25, I have got a lot of boxes in my closet for pedals, and I am willing to clear them out. I'll sell five for $100. I, I will say that the Earthquaker boxes are like the best looking boxes. They're pretty good boxes. Probably on the market. They're pretty good boxes. But, They've uh, got that, that skeleton octopus art on there. Yeah. It's hard to argue with the art on that box. But here's one for $144. Although the Chase Bliss box is like a little. Uh, oh, yeah. It's like a little treasure chest. I mean that's a great box. I'm just saying of like cardboard boxes because oh yeah, and the cardboard and the cardboard box game Earthquaker Devices has it cornered. I mean, once you get into the wood boxes, you're really only all you got left is uh is Chase Bliss and the Tone Mob. Yeah, Tone Mob's got that box that you can flip it over and, and it turns turn it in, into a Japanese shoe. Yeah, <laughs> is that considered a shoe or a sandal? Footwear, turn footwear, in. Japanese footwear. Why not? All right, how much how much do you think this is actually worth? The box is worthless without the pedal. Yeah, and like I said, okay, so if this is success- I bet that if you wrote Earthquaker devices and like I need a new box, I'll pay shipping, they'll just send you one. I <laughs> bet you. It's probably true. Yeah. If you bought the original thing from them, they probably would they might even do it like without shipping. Who knows? Yeah, you got the receipt. Do you think shipping, if you got it shipped from them, do you think it would be more or less than $22.11? They would flat pack it and put it in an envelope. Oh, was that what you were trying to get me to say earlier? No, no, I don't care what you were going to say. I wanted you to come up with something redundant and useless. Oh, you like putting a box in a box? Yeah, putting a box in a bigger box with packing peanuts or something like that. That's not my style. 
Yeah. You put this box in another box, and then you put that box in a guitar box, <laughs> and you put a guitar box on a fr- really you need a uh, you need a, a pedal box case made for yeah. you, like you put, a, a plastic mold. You put case. that you put that guitar box on a on a on an otherwise empty freight uh, box, uh-huh. like, you know the twenty by eight by eight rig. Yeah, uh, and then you put that on a train. Oh my gosh, Steve, we're involving a train into it. And then you put that train car onto a ship, and then you put that ship onto a rocket ship. Oh my gosh. And you put that rocket ship on a space station. Oh my gosh. Where are we going with this, Steve? You're taking me on a journey into space. And you put that spaceship in a black hole. And then it comes out in another galaxy in another time. And aliens on the other side receive the box and say, yay, I have a box that matches my bit commander. Fantastic. When you get this, do you look at it and you start singing, it's a box in a... Oh, well, that's disappointing. It's just a box. It's just in a box. It's just a box in a box. It's an empty box. All right. I really wish... That joke did not land. Yeah, I have no idea what you're getting at. Um, I really wish that pedal boxes were worth 25 bucks a piece, though, because seriously, I have a lot. I have a lot of pedal boxes that I should not keep forever. It's ridiculous. Do you keep all your pedal boxes, Steve? I have a lot of them, um, and I don't know why. Like, I feel like it helps the resale. Like, if someone else has the box and you don't have the box and your price is the same, someone's going to go with the guy who's got the box. I feel like it helps me be more confident in my shipping if I want to sell online. Um, right. But at the same time, like, I guess I could just get a bunch of generic. Well, and I guess it's the other thing is like the post office. If you get rid of a box in later, you have to get a box. Right. And the post office, like, uh, small flat rate boxes are too small to fit a pedal into. Right. Yeah. They really so, are. They need to get on the pedal game at the post office is all I'm saying. Like make a, a flat rate box that fits a pedal perfectly. And you're going to move so many pedals post office. Yep. Yep. I'm going to take my pedal straight down there to the post office and be like, I don't even need packaging. You've got all the packaging. If they did, if they had. You know that if they came out with a pedal-sized box, then some upstart, like, new pedal company would just raid the postal service and be like, this is our box now. If they did a free flat rate box that, say, um, was, like, I don't know, like $9 versus the padded envelope, which is, like, seven fifteen right now, I think. Uh-huh. I would pay the extra two dollars. Damn, Steve. Well, like in, in shipping, like I would pay the extra two dollars to roller. ship it in a box versus um and just have that like nicer presentation. Yeah. Versus like putting it even a, a lot of times with the bags, I put the box in the bag. But, oh yeah, that's what I do. I put the box in the bag with two bags around it to give it extra padding. Yeah. Anyway, enough about boxes. Ryan, yeah, tell us about Germany. Well, uh, we're going to talk about the people of Germany first. Yeah, talk about we're split it into two. Talk topics. about who you loved. Talk about who you hated. I just got to say right off the bat, going to uh, Toman Gearhead University, two thousand eighteen class of two thousand eighteen, the new class, right? Um, the first class, the first class, uh, and it was a first class experience. I'll say that right now. It was. That was hella cheesy. <laughs> it was super great. It was like the hardest work I've ever done in a week in a long time. Like we were working like 14 hour days. Yeah. Followed up by like 
five hours of walking around this beautiful German town, just drinking everything we could touch. Like any, any, like any fluid in a container, you put it in our hands and we would drink it. And then what's left after 14 plus five, that's 19 hours. That leaves five hours sleep. That doesn't sound like enough. That doesn't sound like as, that sounds like more sleep than I got is what I'm trying to get to. I think I was sleeping like four hours a night. Something stupid you were, like, like would send me text message like you'd, you'd message me on Facebook and it would be like five o'clock here, which was like five plus seven plus the extra four. Um, That's weird. Maybe math, it wasn't Steve. quite. Th- maybe it wasn't quite that late. Um, I was going to bed. No, you're at, nine out. Germany's nine hours ahead. So yeah. yeah. Well, so five plus seven like gets you to midnight plus two hours is like so it's like two a.m. two thirty, and we'd be like messaging back and forth, and you'd be like, oh, this thing happened. This thing happened. This thing happened. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you make this thing? Then I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'd be like, okay, good night. (laughs) I'm going to bed. Bye. (laughs) No, I would go to bed at like 3 a.m. every night. And then I would wake up. My And it wasn't because of an alarm or anything I needed to do. I would wake up at like 7, 7.30, something like that. And this went on for like a week. My body did not do well with uh, the jet lag. I was a wreck, but I'll say like just hanging out with everyone and making so many like fast friends right. with other YouTubers and being able to bond over the experience of being YouTubers was like really incredible. That sounds so pretentious. I know. It sounds. Oh yeah. So basically there are a bunch of YouTubers and we bonded over the fact that we're YouTubers. It's like the most millennial brag possible. But it was, would you guys would you describe the group of people who were there as influencers? <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> you think you think John O listens to this? <laughs> I would be surprised. Yeah, I would be did. surprised too. Uh, we were definitely influencers. Uh, like who? The, I once you know, like when you get into a situation like that, there was like 29, 30 people there. You find your click pretty quick. You, f- you figure out who you bond with. Yeah. Who, like you so, have energy with like like a uh, Jalen or Jay and I were like fast friends. Yeah, and, and that's something and, I think that we've because we've hung out with Jay a little bit at Nam before. And you that, know, I've been in the same room with him before. I don't think I'd ever actually hung out really and, like, talked with him. Really? Yeah, I I talked to him a bit at the bowling thing. Like I just kind of hung out with right. him for a little bit. But him and Andrew Ferris, uh, the the guitar geek, and Patrick Hunter. And, uh, man, who else? There was a bunch of people I was just hanging so, so out before, with. Before you start name dropping everyone, it's, I, I know like those three guys were the ones that you've mentioned, like that maybe those are the ones that we can expect to see in the most videos. That I you think made. you can expect to see me doing like cross content with them a bunch. And even I know today, like you dropped like three videos, I think with Jay Leonard J. Uh huh. Um, so the, actually the question that I have, cause it seems like, uh, again, like Jay and the guitar geek and Patrick Hunter, you hung out with a lot. And I know I saw those guys in like every Instagram picture you took. <laughs> yeah. What I want to know is who, who there were you most intimidated by? It was not, not necessarily from a, like, like, Oh, it's an easy answer. Not in like a bat. Not, I don't mean that in like a negative way. No, not at all. I, there's no negative intimidation there. Um, Easily, like, like I can say it without any doubt, as intimidated by uh, Philippa Q, the the twelve year old guitar player, like just something about like 
how do I talk to a 12 year old? How do I interact with a 12 year old who's better than me? <laughs> like, like way, way better than me and getting even more better than me. Like by the hour, you know, like when there's like a sci-fi movie and like something happened, there's some new organism and it's, you know, microscopic. And then they walk back in the room and it's the size of a lemon. And they're like, Oh my gosh, it's grown overnight. Yeah. And then they come back after lunch and it's like a full sized like human creature. And oh, then, you watch and then, Re- and then you by, watch Reptilicus too. Huh? And then by dinner it's attacking the city. Like that is where Flippa Q is. <laughs> she's gonna attack the city? Like the the speed at which she's growing as a musician is frightening. Right. And there's nothing I could show her that she hasn't seen before or done before better than I've done it. Uh, Andrew called me into one of the recording rooms at one point. He's like, Hey, Hey, we're jamming in here. I look in, it's him and her. He's like, this is her first jam session ever with anyone. I was like, what? And he's like, when I'm done, do you want to jam with her? It's like, okay, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) She's like, so good. I don't even know how I like, I was fumbling through it and she's just, you know what it is, is it's fundamentals. Right. She has the fundamentals where I'm just some hack just noodling with his way through. You are a hack. That is true. So, yeah, I still feel intimidated by her quite a bit. I was, uh, I felt intimidated to like, to talk to like Nita Strauss. Yeah. But then once I was like introduced to her and got something going, then it was like, oh yeah, we're just like hanging out. This is no big deal. Even though you're like a million times better than me. And that's not even really what it's all about. Yeah. I got all those people were better than me. I don't think there's anyone there who is a worse player. That's than why me. I should have gone. That's the <laughs> real reason you should have brought me. We should have figured it out just so like there. Well, could... I think the thing I told you before we went is that if if you go, I was gonna have to work. Then you were gonna have to work. And like, I was like, I didn't want a vacation, dude. As, I don't want to work as much as I was working. I think if you saw how much we were all working, you wouldn't want to be there. Still, <laughs> <laughs> like it was nonstop. Like it was just hustling all day long. Right. Um. But yeah, the people were great. Someone I didn't, I you know, it's not that I didn't think that I could hang out with them, but it's not someone I thought like, oh, I'm going to end up hanging out with this person and having a great time. I had a lot of fun hanging out with Steve from Boston. I'm not familiar. He's got he's got a, a YouTube channel. Go look okay. him up. He's an, he's an older guy. I don't mean that in a mean way, but that's the reality of it. He'd say that. But it was just kind of fun. Like, we'd hang out and be like breakfast friends and like make these breakfast sandwiches at the hotel and stuff and just talk about whatever. I think you would like, I think you would have a lot of fun talking to him, Steve, Steve with Steve just came up with a new podcast. That would have been what I would have done just every day. It would just be, uh, just make videos. He's always talking about his Fitbit. He's always talking about the dew point. I think you would have had a great time talking to Steve. I think I've seen, I think I've actually maybe watched some of his stuff and not realized it. Yeah. He looks super familiar. He's a fun guy. I guess he's a lawyer. Interesting. Yeah. He's a full on lawyer. And but he also has a gear channel. Uh got to hang out with Glenn Fricker, got to hang out with Henning Polly for small amounts of time because he was just hauling ass the whole time. Oh yeah. Like the amount of work him and the video crew did. Like I'm complaining about working 14 hour days. These guys were working like 16 hour days. Yeah. Because they had to do set up and tear down every single day. And then the day we left, they went back and did more work to like tear everything down and make it all happen. It just an incredible amount of work went on behind the scenes of this thing. Just, I still can't believe it. 
um, like just people pulling product out of the warehouse, running video rooms, like running and grabbing all sorts of stuff, running the schedules, running, uh, like they had a stations for transferring everyone's cards to their external drives and stuff oh. like that. It was intense and catering. Like there's all this catering happening right. and stuff like that. They got a, uh, you know, they did a whole graduation ceremony with hats and So how's that going to work? Are they going to be able to do it again with the same group of people since you all graduated or what? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it next year. Hopefully they do it next year. It sounds like uh, Toman was really impressed with the outcome. Do you already sold one guitar. Did I? I? There, yeah, somebody on uh, on one of your Harley Benton videos uh-huh. already was like, I just bought this guitar because of your video. What? I missed so, that comment. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it on. Uh, yeah, you've been blowing up YouTube. Well, <laughs> I like check, you- I like checking at the end of the day. And then like today's today's fun was. Oh, you spelled Toman wrong and then copy pasted it. <laughs> oh shoot! Across six videos. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> hey, thanks for your help, Steve. At, at one point, at one point, I think you uh, instead of grabbing the uh, the text, uh-huh. you grab the text from the um, you gra- instead of copy pasting the text out of the text box, you copy pasted from. The uh, video description, which truncates it. Oh. And then you were pasting that, so they're all dead links for like oh, three great. videos. Oh, awesome. I'm just trying to validate my existence over here. So good. So, so you validated. do a lot of work behind the scenes. A lot of people don't know that. Like, Steve holds the YouTube channel together in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do all the work with the actual video and the editing and everything. I just make it like, I just make it like look like an intelligent person. <laughs> Exist right? I, you you trick people. <laughs> you look like there's an intelligent person behind the scenes. <laughs> Ryan says all the words, and I make sure they're spelled right <laughs> and in the right order. <laughs> um. So that so that I mean that just sounds just super intense. Like, yeah, and it just like is so much fun hanging out with the brands too. Like I I became like. I'd say fast friends with with Charlie from uh, Orange Amps, hmm. and I'd talked to him once before at Winter Nam, but we were both drunk and decided it was not a good idea to continue tra- talking <laughs> to each other. Um, uh, there were I was talking to a guy from Fender Custom Shop who was there, uh, who's out of Arizona. Um, a bunch of bunch of different companies. It was is pretty fun. Did you find it? Because I know it's it's kind of like where we've talked about going. Or eventually, what your garage may turn into. Was it a lot easier to walk into like a studio ish environment yeah. and just crank? Because yeah. I know you, the schedule was all like you have one hour to like make your video. Yeah. And then like you lose 15 minutes on the top of the hour if you're lucky to the setup. Right. And bringing stuff in and, and whatnot. And, and of course, you know, I know a lot like a lot of the work for you too is still uh, ends up being side. on the editing side. Yeah. Um, but I mean, basically what I'm looking at now is a day of shooting equals a day of editing. And that's like marathon level stuff. Right. So, and apparently I had much more ambition for shooting than everyone else did. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is not like a bragging thing. Like maybe I should have slowed down and put a little bit more quality in what I was doing. But I was sitting around with everyone uh, at night over beers and I like did some quick math. I was like, if we all shot 30 videos on this trip and there's the, and there's this many of us and everyone was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's this 30 video talk? So did you, did you, but you said you did 30 videos. I think there's a good chance I did 30 videos. I've uploaded 
At like least six ten. No, because I'm over seven over two days. I think I've uploaded sixteen videos. Sixteen? Yeah. I, I would believe that. I don't I haven't looked that closely. I know there's a bunch. And then also I was jumping into other people's right, videos right. that I'm not gonna edit at all. Right. That's someone else's problem. But uh, I would go into a room that I had booked for an hour, and I would bust out five guitars in an hour. Jeez. Yeah. It was... I'm a little bit more ambitious and faster, I think, and have less of a focus on quality right. than the other people who were there. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely hit the ground running. I spent the first two hours at Toman walking around feeling... So you're up to... F- 15, 14 videos. I'm at 14. Wow. Okay, I think I stopped because I heard somewhere that if you go over six videos per day, then YouTube doesn't promote them to your audience anymore. Yeah, you have 14 videos, the lowest. I think I've got like a couple in queue on my editor right now. Okay. And and, uh, yeah, I think that's everything that is. You said I have 14? 14. Yeah, I went one over that six number. And there's and there's one up that of course we haven't actually released yet. Right, right, right. Um, what? Okay, so what? Um, oh, I guess we're still talking about people. We're not moving on yet. Yeah, we can move on if you want. Let's do another ad. All we'll right, talk about the gear. Let's do an ad. Um, I mean, otherwise it's just me talking in circles about everything. Yeah. You know. Um, this is a thing that's been popping up on Facebook. This was posted in the group by Kane Flores, but it was actually originally sent to me in a message by RJ Smith. Uh-huh. And this is for um, FX pedal boards. It says, we're introducing two new products today, the medium and small amp stand uh, slash practice stations. They hold smaller, medium-sized amps, two guitars, FX pedals, sheet music, and or tablets, PC, and your drink. And your drink. Yeah, it looks a, like it has two drink two holders. two cup holders. Well, maybe one. Oh, yeah. yeah there, there's two cup holders, but one like you could probably put picks in it or something yeah. like that. Um, and the pedal board is removable to take to the show. Um, so it seems like people are really excited about this thing. You, are they? The people that I've seen or like where I've seen it posted, it seems like people are. I mean, I look at this. You should go look up the prices right now so that we can figure it out. I, I heard the prices are very reasonable. Um, to me, this looks like it could be replicated with like an IKEA bookshelf and some clever like sure. quick modifications. Sure, because it's basically a shelf that holds your amp, and yeah, it's at an angle. That's nice. It holds it holds your amp. The fact that the pedal board is connected to the base of it is incidental. Like you could push any pedal board up against the base of it. And then it's got a music stand and a little shelf to hold a few things. It just seems like, so did you actually like a regular, look, like cheap shelf? Did you look at the prices? I, I think I did. I don't remember them. So the small amp stand is $285. Yeah. You can buy. A, and the medium amp stand is $329. You can buy a full bookshelf from Ikea for like a hundred bucks. I think this has a lot more going on. It has a lot more going on, but I don't think that makes it better. I think it's kind of ugly. I think it's highly specialized. It looks like you... I'm not a fan of the pedal board because it's just, it is just basically a thick sort of pegboard. Yeah. Like that I get, but I feel like there's a lot more going on with this than just to say, oh, well, just get a bookcase. If I was going to spend that much money, I'd want it to look like more like a finished piece of furniture and not a like a pop like cardboard pop out 
like a uh, model okay. kid. All right. I like mean, it has I... that thing like, oh, pop out all these pieces and make a dinosaur skeleton sort of kind of look to it. Yeah, I can see that. It looks, I guess. It doesn't look like a piece of furniture. I mean, it looks functional. It looks completely functional. I think it looks super functional. I think depending on what the aesthetic is for your house, like this could really work. I think if you ha- have a very limited amount of space, this could be functional. Another point I saw someone make in the comments is that if you have an amp where the controls are on the top, you're screwed. You're screwed. Yeah. Because it only works with the, the controls facing out forward from the amp. And it's also look at it like I've got to get into the back of the amp and do things like all the time, whether it's like plugging in the power, like if it's a fender amp, the switches are in the back. Sure. Yeah. Like, like, you know, doing like a, like a speaker plug in or something like that. Like it, it looks good on paper, but then when you really think about the practicality of it, I just look at this and it's just too much trouble. It's more trouble than it's worth. Like I would rather have an amp with tilt back legs and a music stand. And I would be saving $300, (laughs) you know, cause you can get a music stand dirt cheap. Tilt back legs are like 20 or 30 bucks or something like that. I just don't think it's really worth it. I don't need a cup holder because I finished my drink in one swig. (laughs) 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 I barely even need a cup. (laughs) I don't know. This is a hard sell for me. Oh, of course. One of the comments of always, this can be made from Home Depot for $30. Oh, gosh. No, I'm not making that. I'm not going to make that argument at all because you got to have the time and the plans to make that happen. Um, I mean, this would be a good project. Do you know, have you seen those, uh, those like Kickstarter plunge routers where you put down tape and it like is a handheld CNC machine? Yeah. This would be a good project to have as a plan for one of those things. Like, oh, making an amp stand out of Home Depot plywood and right. you put down the tape and you cut out the necessary pieces and then it just clamp, like clamps together super easy. But I'm just not seeing the value in it as something that's bought. And you know, I could, I could make something from a sheet of Home Depot plywood that would have the same function. I could say that it wouldn't look as clean or as finished. But it would have the same function. Well, I mean, I think most things you're never. No one's ever paying for. Well, not never, but you know, you're not paying for the the concept. You're paying for the labor. You're paying for and the, the execution. You're paying for the labor and the execution. So yeah, you could build this, but you also you know you've got a squatch board and you've got a oh, yeah. salvage board, and before all of those, I'm looking at your pedal board, and it looks like a piece of garbage. Oh, yeah, you're looking at my homemade one here yeah. in the garage. I, I use it as an Apple Crate now, which is, Apple Crate means like a box that you use for like video propping right, up and stuff right. like that, yeah. So, so you know, yeah, you can do it, but yours looks like dump. It's my, and, and yours looks like dump, and it looks better than anything I've ever put together. <laughs> Mine looks like the best thing I'd ever done when I built it, and it still does. <laughs> And yeah, it looks like a really bad like pirate treasure box because I put brass corners on it. That's my big fear actually. With like, I'm I finally got that. Uh, oh, I should have talked about that at the beginning. What is I it? I finally got that Ibanez the Roadstar. Oh two. yeah, you stripped, I stripped that. it down. Yeah, um, I did that last Saturday, so I haven't had a, any chance to paint, and I don't think I'm gonna have a chance to paint 
this weekend either. When that popped up on Instagram, I was getting notifications for it. I was like, did Steve repost an image from when we stripped this halfway in the no, garage? No, that's the other side of it. <laughs> I, I figured it out eventually. Damn, one of the things that so one of the things with that that was not not to get off topic, but sure. whatever, we're diverging a bit. Um, one of the things that was really interesting with that and the way I've left it is really my goal was to get the polyester off. Right, or poly, whatever, polyurethane. The, yeah, yeah, the hard stuff. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta make it less hard. Stop it. Stop being hard. Yeah, you gotta get it so it's not it's so, so hard. And uh, so there are certain. So once I got like, I used the heat gun to get that stuff off, and actually, like, then I went at it, um, and I got maybe like eighty percent of it with just the heat gun. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard to get like around the horns with the heat gun. Oh yeah. So with that, I actually intentionally um, burned it, a burned little bit. it a little to get it to bubble off, so I could like use my paint scraper to just kind of chip away at it. Yeah. And then I took some um, some medium grit sandpaper and just kind of like worked down in areas to smooth out anywhere where the where the paint stripper uh chisel thing got like dug into the wood uh-huh but i'm actually le- gonna leave um black spots like here or there sure sure like it's not gonna i didn't do it a hundred percent clean i think it's gonna look really interesting yeah yeah it should um because i i'm hoping that the paint that i use isn't like a hundred percent uh trans uh translucent uh, loose or trans isn't a hundred percent opaque i should say right right you're looking for translucent yeah. Transparent as you can see through it, translucent as you can kind of see through it, opaque as you can't. Um, so uh so yeah, it's uh it's kinda it's gonna be interesting and I gotta look through the rest of the hardware because I think the pit guard on that is really the part that I don't not sure what I'm gonna do with because I can't take a heat. Did it gun. come with a pit guard? I have the pit guard, it just looks like it's been like spray painted. Oh it's really weird. Yeah. So uh I, I may and it's, I think it's a black pit guard too, which I'm not super excited about. But then I also don't know if I want to drop like $40 on a pit guard. Sure. Which also sounds a little bit crazy for me complaining about dropping $40 on a pit guard. <laughs> but it's like dropping $40 on a pit guard for a guitar that I don't even know like, if, you're gonna if like I'm going to like it when yeah, I get yeah. all put back together. The only reason I'm excited about it is I put, looked at the neck again and that neck looks incredible do what i did with my strap back in the day cut up the pit guard and move the pickups where you want them to be just go full frankenstein on it no i want it to look classy <laughs> okay uh should we move on to the next topic which is just me gushing about uh germany some more yeah yeah uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about germany stuff well we can talk about the gear that i got to yeah have um, fun with. so the one question we got in the group that i guess kind of ties in with this is you did a. You've done a few video reviews already for Harley Benton. Yeah, and Harley Benton is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, they are Tomon's house, like a house brand. For yep. Them. Um, and I know that they have always been uh, compared favorably to like Squire stuff. Uh huh. Um, but after the Rosewood ban or the rosewood restrictions sites came out sites um basically you couldn't get them shipped to the united states and even then like i think before when even before then you had to like figure out if you really wanted to pay to ship something right from Europe. right um well so, I found so out, how are they i found out the shipping deal with with toman uh-huh it's 35 dollars, but they pack it all together so if you bought like four guitars from them and an amp at the same time 
it would just be $35. Okay. So it's like you can, if you are going to buy a lot from them, you can make it worth your while to, gotcha. to have it shipped. So I might be taking them up on that at some point soon and, and buying like three Harley Bentons. And that is all you need to know as far as a review goes that I'm going to buy three of them. Yeah. Wow. Um, I was very impressed with their Les Paul style guitar. It was under 200 bucks mm-hmm. and was way better than I could have expected for $200. And the thing with them is like, you look at the headstocks and if you only looked at the headstocks, like these kind of weird shapes and kind of like, you know, kind of has like a, a Rondo music sort of thing going on with the headstock. You'd be like, yeah, this is a cheap guitar. Yeah. But then you get down like even past the initial shape of the headstock, the tuners are great. The nut is great. Uh, I I mean, it's still a cheap guitar. You're going to find like pooling of the finish in the joints and things like that. uh, Just because they're going to be sprayed really cheap or whatever. But like the fretwork, the necks, the playability, even the pickups sound great. The hardware on them is great. I'm really, really impressed with them. Like in that, the Les Paul that I played, Uh they don't call it a Les Paul. I forget what they call it. Sure. Felt really, really nice. Like the weight of the wood and the resonance of the body, I was really impressed. And it had push poles for uh, coil splits. Oh, cool! On both humbuckers, so I was getting real like twangy things out of it. And it was sust- had like great sustain. I was very impressed with that guitar. And uh, I played their uh, their Prince style Telecaster one. Lots of character in that thing. Like a lot of times with super cheap guitars. They kind of just all take on the same character. Right. And it's like, it doesn't matter the body shape or the hardware. It's just kind of like a thud and it doesn't matter how good it plays. It just has a thud to it. Like those two guitars had a lot of personality to them. And I was very impressed with them. I know Emily Harris has the, uh, has a Harley Benton Prince style Telecaster. So maybe she can chime in on the group. I didn't know that was hers. The Harley Benton. I'm pretty sure it is. I thought hers was a, a different one. I don't know. No, I'm pretty sure. The original one I think is a Honer. Yeah. The original one's a Honer. Um, I also tried the Mustang style one. Uh, it was fun, but it didn't impress me as much. I was really surprised that I liked the uh, the base six variation as much as I did because mm. I tried that one. Um, those are just the videos I've done so far. I've got more videos coming of Harley Benton stuff. I did a bunch of acoustic uh, Harley Benton stuff with Jay Leonard Jay. I posted those all uh, on Friday. Um, I did a double neck, like an SG style double neck, mm-hmm. which was stupid. Way too heavy, but I'm sure it was like a similar experience to doing the Gibson one or Epiphone yeah. one. Uh, completely impractical, completely just nuts. Like, don't ever buy one of those guys. Did you play Stairway on it? I did not because uh, I don't know how to play Stairway. But you, you play Hotel California? No, I didn't. Uh, I played their 12-string Rickenbacker sort of style thing. Um, geez, what else did I play? I played a bunch of stuff from them. I've got so many videos to edit, guys. It's ridiculous. Uh, interesting guitars that I played. I played a Strandberg. Oh, yeah. Those, like, uh, you know, alien facehugger-shaped guitars. Yeah. Uh, I played uh, one that Matt Knight had around for use with the uh, the Katana Air, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fun thing to play around with, <laughs> too. But uh, I played their Telecaster-loaded style Strandberg. Have you ever picked one of those up? No. Have you ever seen the Necks? Um. I mean, I've seen pictures of them. But Have you ever seen the back of the neck? I guess not. They're square shaped. Interesting. Like, let me let me draw it out for you. Like, if 
Like here oh, is... Oh, you're going to draw me a picture. That's great pod, Ryan. <laughs> I'm explaining it to you, Steve. Everyone else already knows. So here's the back of a normal guitar yeah. neck shape. Mm-hmm. Like let's call that a C shape. Sure. This is a Strandberg. Oh. It's like half a hexagon. Interesting. And the moment you see it, you're like, I don't know how this is going to go, guys. Like this is going to be really weird. And throw on top of it like the fan frets. So does it force your hand to be in like the proper playing position? Exactly. It forces you to put your thumb where it's actually supposed to be instead of you getting all willy-nilly and wrapping it all over the place. And uh, it... What I found is it decreases the surface area that your hand is touching. So you're moving around quicker and it's smoother. Where like you don't have to worry about your hand getting caught on a sticky neck or something like that. Right. You have empty space in between your hand and the neck. So I found myself getting used to it pretty much immediately. Right. And be like, yeah, this is very comfortable and I get it. And I got used to the fan frets very quickly. I was pretty impressed. It felt like you look at them and they look like they're spaceships. Yeah. But then you play around with them and like you immediately bond with them in a classic guitar playing sort of way. Like it doesn't feel like some sort of ridiculous shredder or some kind of outer space guitar. Like it feels like a really nice guitar when you're playing it. I was really, really surprised. Uh, other things that I played. What else did I play there? What what's, would you say is maybe the piece of gear that you were surprised by or impressed by what's what's the high most high-end piece of gear that you played i think the one that surprised me the most it's not the most high-end one i'll get to that in a second um uh nita strauss's guitar really surprised the me. ibanez prototype yeah uh, uh uh jiva i think is what it's called um but i got to talk to her a bit and uh i did a co-interview with her and and andrew from uh, the guitar geek i keep saying him his name all over the place because I hang out with him so much. Yeah. But uh, I mentioned that I was in a surf rock band and she's mm-hmm. like, I want you to do a recording of it doing surf rock sounds. I was like, okay, I'll do that. But her whole thing is she wants to show off that the pickups are more than just metal pickups. Right. And they have switching that's like gives you a lot of options. Who like, is it that she is currently the touring guitarist for? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. I was trying yeah. to remember the other day. I know she's bit was in like... I, was is in the Iron Maiden? Yeah, I don't know what the status of that band um, is, and some other projects, um, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, but she's uh, with, what else? with Alice Cooper right now. But yeah, like normally with Ibanez five way switching, yeah. you have humbucker. Then on the two and four positions, it splits the humbucker and combines it with that middle yeah. pickup. Uh, with hers, it's just a split. So you have two humbucker settings and three single coil settings. Oh, interesting. And they sound great. Like I was showing off in the video when I get it edited, like doing like jazzy sounds with it. Right. And I did a really, just it hit a surf sound really easily. Like I did this little surf jam with it that was a lot cool. of fun. Um, so I was surprised by that, how like not metal shreddy her guitar was. Mm-hmm. Like it felt very classy and very easy to pick up and not, you know, get pulled into just ridiculous deedly deedlies. And then uh, I played some sort of custom PRS up in the custom shop room that did not have a price tag on it. Ooh. And felt like it was very, very expensive. <laughs> and I did it in the same session as using a Harley Benton that was a PRS shape, which I have no idea how they get away with. Like it had the little cut on the lower horn and everything. Oh. Um, well, 
I don't know if PRS can has. I think I think with guitars, basically the only thing anyone can actually copyright is the headstock. That might be true. I don't know, but I played them in the same session and compared them, which apparently is what everyone was doing with that guitar. Oh yeah, with the PRS uh, style Harley Benton. But the 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 thing I really got out of that experience, like they both played fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Harley Benton, like there was no ish, big issues with the frets or the finish or the playability or the straightness of the neck or anything. Like I could play the same songs on either of those guitars. Um, the pickups sound a little different on each. I think they're a little bit muddier in the Harley Benton, but you could always swap pickups. Whatever. Yeah. There was a like, there was a very like tangible difference in pleasure while I was playing the PRS. And it's hard to like measure that or quantify that, but it that's that ten. It was like it was like the pleasure factor here is yeah. off the charts compared to the Harley Benton. That's that ten percent. That's what we were talking about. Was it? I think it was earlier this episode. Maybe it was on the pre up. I don't remember. Maybe. Uh, but just you know, you, people go like, oh, like why would you get an American Fender when like Squire? Squire, you know, vintage, whatever gets you 90% of the way there. And it's like, that's that 10%. Yeah. That's like when we had that PRS, uh, the Starla here, like uh-huh. there was definitely like something about that guitar, the way it was set up, the way it played overall, where I was like, I could just like fall asleep and just keep playing this yeah, in my yeah. sleep all night. Like even like touching the tuning keys on the PRS was a pleasurable experience. Yeah. Like it was some sort of high grade, like tuner with like a completely different metal for the, the tuning keys. Like Uh it was just, it just felt good. And I think I had that experience a lot at, at Toman picking up expensive stuff versus picking up cheap stuff. Cheap stuff is so fantastic. Now these days there's everything's completely playable, but the difference really is in that last little bit that makes it extra special in that extra special way that you can't really, Define, and I'm sure someone could go and measure the pickups and be like, "Well, these pickups are muddier." Yeah, or this, this might this be different than that, and there could be some, you know, some psych- variance, psychosomatic and variance and sustain. And right. you can you can definitely say that one finish was more expensive to produce than another finish, and things like that. Well, and it's kind of that thing that like, but it's like the, per, the, the always, perceived value of one musical instrument versus another. Like it just really came down to pleasure. Right, right, and and I guess that's a that thing where you know. A, I've always said, and I, I don't remember where I heard it from. Um, you know, if you can't tell the difference, then don't pay for the difference. But sure, if, but you know, a lot of times when people are trying well, to, I describe, mean, I'm never gonna, bu- I'm never gonna buy something as expensive that as a PRS probably was. Right, but but the thing is, is you can at, you could at least appreciate the difference, even if you couldn't. Sure, and I'm never gonna put, buy. You couldn't st- like nail it yeah. down to like a single tangible. Right, cause. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you where the pleasure was coming from, but it was just dripping out of that thing. I also got to play the the PRS John Mayer, the Silver Sky. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you did see that? I saw a picture. I think no, you. Yeah, I, you did it in the in one of the videos that. Oh, it's in the in the Walrus video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that thing is fun, and I I think I still stand by my original critique that it's not all that expensive for what you get. Right. Like I the heart the custom hardware on it feels really nice. And looks really nice. Did you get to see the soft case? I didn't see the soft case, but uh, soft it case plays. It, it plays like a two thousand something dollar guitar, and uh, I thought it was great. 
I mean, I'm never going to buy one for myself, but I don't fault anyone for for wanting one or liking one. Right. Like, you don't have to like John Mayer to like that guitar. Like, no, only John, like a, only John Mayer fans can get. It's this like guitar. a good Strat. Yeah. You know, and you could you know buy a good Strat from Fender too. You could buy a good Strat from all sorts of people, but it's it's a good Strat option. And I have always kind of liked Strats that have a three by three headstock, mm. even though that's kind of you know heretical or whatever, sacrilegious. I don't know. But yeah, I liked it. I can't think of any other gear at the moment. I tried a bunch of amps. I didn't really play too many pedals when I was there. Um, I got to mess around with a uh, an original Boss Space Echo that Matt Knight brought. Oh man, I just I messed around with a lot of Orange Amps, which I've never done before. Is spend time with Orange Amps, and I was really liking those. It was a it was a really good time. Uh, it was a big learning experience for me as far as gear goes too. Like I was trying about a lot of stuff that I usually wouldn't try. There's a bunch of Eastwood guitars there that I got to try. Fun yeah, stuff. I saw uh, you did one with the side jack on a quilter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last ad. Let's get out of here. Uh, well, we got to thank our sponsors again. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Uh, we got a Gun Street Wiring Shop. Go check them out. Figure out some sort of new wiring for. Uh, for some guitar, if you don't, if you've got a guitar and you don't like it, maybe the wiring's a problem. Mm. That's what happened to me with my SG. Uh, big thanks to Walrus Audio and this emissary. Go check out the emissary. I've got at least one demo up now. I'm gonna have another one up soon. It's a parallel boost. Got a bright boost. Got a mid boost. It's really fun for pushing amps into distortion or into more distortion. They might already be in distortion. It's also fun for kind of like EQ shaping for a volume boost that's got a little bit of extra sparkle to it, you know? Not just a dumb, thuddy, across-the-board EQ volume boost. Like, this thing will give you a boost that gives you some character, which is a bunch of fun. Uh, and also, big thanks to Sinusoid Cables. Sinusoid. They make cables and smiles. They make you think there's a snake behind you. There is a snake behind you in orientation. To snakes on the rest of the globe, there's definitely more than a few snakes behind you. All right. The distance is the real question. Snakes are behind you, sinusoid. All right, last ad. <laughs> uh, this last ad was sent by Jay Cross uh, of uh, the Guitar Nerds I, podcast, I suppose. Is that a, is that a podcast? I, uh, Guitar Nerds? Gitter Gitter nerds. All right. Anyway, this is. I feel. I feel like I've heard of them, but it's like I'm not familiar with. This is a Nickelback signed autographed Nintendo GameCube Jet Black console only. Tested. One hundred and twenty seven ninety nine plus nineteen ninety. You think they tested the GameCube or or they tested the signatures? Mm. Four K no los dos. (laughs) Right answer. Uh, oh my gosh, some of these comments are great. Read them uh, to me. Uh, never really liked the GameCube. Sold it. Uh, this is the most double lots thing you I've ever seen. You have to sing that, Steve. That first comment you're supposed to I sing in. What, how is it? Do you know what the what tune that's supposed to be? Yeah, it's to a Nickelback song. Which one? I don't know. But I know the song, like I can hear the melody in my head. I don't know which melody that is. Uh, who cares? I'm not going to even try right now. Yeah, I, I'm, people at I home are screaming it. the mel- They're singing the song so loudly right now. All right, read the other comments. Oh, I think it's supposed to be. Um, I don't know. Is it never really like the GameCube sold it? Yeah, that sounds about right. 
I'm glad I could That's get weird. you to do it instead right. of me doing it. Uh, someone opened a time capsule from 2003. That That's my yours. comment. I need these are my favorite ones. These last three. Uh, I need to get my Dreamcast signed by Three Doors Down. <laughs> I want to get my PS2 signed by Puddle of Mud. And my definite favorite of them all, I got my Atari signed by the Captain and Tennille. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't see that one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I got nothing for this. I would not buy this. No, no way. $127? Uh, What's the going pr- price for a GameCube these days? I don't days? care. It's got to be less than this. Why First, not? you got to track down a CRT TV. With GameCube, do you need to? I guess so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think flat screens were a thing yet. You can still run these on flat screens. They just look a little wonky. Yeah. You can play first Halo all day. Because um, I... Was I, that was it, what was on the GameCube? I don't know. No, that was Xbox. Yeah. Nintendo yeah. is GameCube. <laughs> so you can play uh, Super Smash Brothers until the cows come home. Yeah. Uh, I played some... Mario Kart for days. played a Star Wars game on there. Here's a Nintendo GameCube with box on Craigslist for no price. It's free. It's free. That's how it works, right? Can you imagine? Here's Nintendo GameCube with controller for $20. GameCube system with no games, but controller and all the hookups for $30. You know, if Nickelback ever falls on hard times, they can buy up all these GameCubes and sign them and flip them. There's another one with hookups for 50 You could definitely, like... Here's one with fifty for fifty dollars and two games for fifty dollars. There's definitely uh, a lot of options on the local Craigslist uh, <laughs> that none of which. So, do you think a signed uh, GameCube is worth more or less if it's signed by Nickelback? I don't think it's necessarily worth less. I just don't think it's worth more. It's worth. It's stupid. What? Whose signature would you have to get on a GameCube to make it worth more? Um, I the guy who like founded Nintendo. You know what? That would actually be pretty that's sweet. probably it. If I I would, I would pay extra for an original NES system with Sign, that dude's signature. By, I, I forget his name, which sucks. I should know. Uh, Everyone's probably yelling out their screens. Teriyaki Hansoro. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's racist. Hmm. Uh. Right into uh, right into Yo. the tone mob at gmail.com. Let us know if that's right, racist. Right into <laughs> Yo, is this racist? <laughs> Ask them if the white guy that hosts a guitar podcast giving a Japanese oh, person man. the first name Teriyaki is racist. Uh, <laughs> tell them it was 60 Cycle Hum. We need another name drop. Oh, I feel awful on, now. Uh, on, can, uh, can, we, can we give me a pass to the fact that I'm horrendously jet lagged right now. <laughs> uh, oh, Shigehiro Miyamoto. That's the guy. I wasn't too far. Shigeru Miyamoto. I wasn't too far off. Um, that was, he was actually the video game designer for um, franchises like Mario and the Legend of Zelda. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if he was actually, no, I have, I, despite my teriyaki thing, I have major respect for that guy. Like, he, I don't know if he was he ever, made some very lovable games. Actually the president, but he's like the main, he's the dude. He's the dude. He's that's the Walt like, Disney. He's the, exactly. He's, he's the Walt Disney. And of I, Nintendo. Say, I am surprised there is not a, a Nintendo land. It would be the best theme park. Like every time you go looking for the princess in one of the castles, they're like, sorry, not this one. You can never find her. It'd be such a fun, such a fun I'm time. I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about that idea. 
like trying to find the princess at Nintendo Land, like you're never gonna find her. Oh my gosh. No one's gonna have pictures with the princess. And then you're gonna have to slide down a big flagpole. No, but Nintendo could have some great rides. Mario Kart ride. Yeah, that would be their car ride. F Zero freaking roller coaster. They could do a lot of different roller coaster things. Star, freaking Star Fox roller coaster. Yeah. Do a barrel roll. Do a barrel roll. Do a freaking barrel roll. Come on. There's some great <laughs> material there in, in Nintendo Land. Like there could be some sort of like forest maze for Zelda. Yeah. You just get lost in a maze just, and have to talk to a bunch of people and it's super awkward. Always buying things. That's a gift shop. Every gift shop is you gotta, Zelda theme. You got to trade in your whatever the whatever the currency. I guess if you were in Japan, it would be if it was in Japan, it'd be yen. Yeah. But in order to shop at any of the Zelda themed shops, you have to exchange your yen for rupees. <laughs> it's a good idea, Nintendo. Just think it. about it. Bu- build a theme park is all I'm saying. All I'm saying. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening. Uh, I guess this song is uh, from Kevin Fowler. He says this song is called Unbound. Kevin Fowler on guitars and um, Jeff Whitmore on drums. And uh, again, it's called Unbound. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next week to hear Ryan and become more tired and find out will he fall asleep on the show or just sound like he's totally drunk, even though he hasn't actually had anything to drink. I might start hallucinating, guys. I'm pretty sure I was hallucinating at Toman a few days ago. All right, enjoy the song. Okay, bye.